Welcome to the Abrupto Security Podcast. I'm Cornell Dupreeze, founder and senior partner here at Abrupto Security. Here we discuss all things offensive security, trends in the industry, and strategies for security leadership. If you enjoy this episode, we'd greatly appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on the platform that you're listening to. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This is your host, Cornell Dupreeze. With me today, we've got uh, security consultant here at Abrupto Security, Kyle. Say hi, Kyle. Hey, how's it going, everyone? With us, we have a very special guest, Paul Unger. So Paul is the author of the Havoc framework. Paul, say hi to the audience, man. Hi, what's up? Paul, you've done some incredible things, man. You are putting together a post-exploitation framework for those listeners who aren't entirely familiar with what that means. In the world of offensive security, we have different types of hacking that we do. Uh, One of the kinds of hacking that is near and dear to my heart, as it is Kyle and Paul's, is internal network penetration testing. So as part of this, you know, we may compromise some hosts in a network, and then we get on to the fun activities, and that is known as post-exploitation. So that's all the things we do once we get a foothold inside of a network. That being said, let me go ahead and pause there. Paul, can you give us the quick, like, 10,000-foot overview? What is Havoc? All right, so... Havoc is like you mentioned, it's like an exploitation framework. So my goal was it to like make it right like a uh, framework that it's like focused on being modular as possible and giving the operators much power over like the implant and uh, of the operation as possible. And that's to be honest about it. <laughs> no, man, it's beautiful. Build something that is purpose driven and be great at that one thing, right? Rather than trying to uh, be mediocre at a lot of things. So That being said, man, we're going to dig into Havoc. We're going to have you talk to us about all the different pieces of it uh, that are part of a working deployment. But Paul, can you tell us a little bit about you first, man? Who are you and what sparked your interest in offensive security? So as you guys may know, uh, my name is Paul. I live in Austria, lower Austria to be exact. Offensive security is one of my main uh, interests because it's like a space... uh, where I learned the most. It's like been a lot of fun learning uh, different kind of topics in this space. Yeah, man. It's uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's I've been fortunate enough to be in the world of offensive security for a long time, and it's a wild ride. It absolutely is. So, Paul, we're talking about offensive security. We're talking about the Havoc framework and the amazing things that it can do. Kyle, let's go ahead and pivot over to you, man. You've got a whole bunch of questions that you'd like to ask Paul, and we're going to hopefully share some of these details with the audience. Yeah, so Paul, first off, uh, I just got to know, how old are you and how'd you get started in cybersecurity? So I'm kind of like 18 years old. I think I've started like uh, at the age of 14 or 13. I'm not quite sure anymore. Uh, it's, I'm sure like it's been like four years since I have like started doing cybersecurity stuff. Uh, when I like started out, uh, I have been like using typical uh, frameworks like Metasploit and so on, which piqued my interest in uh, doing this kind of stuff. Where I got like a, to a point where I want to like write uh, Metasploit modules using Ruby. I also tried to like learn Ruby, but I like failed uh, while trying. So I'd like pivot over to Python. 
learned Python basics, wrote a few little scripts and so on. In the following years, I then, like when I started uh, going to high school, one of the main languages we started to learn was like C and C++, which uh, we were like required to learn for our school because I'm going like to a a high technical school where our main focus is like hardware design, hardware soldering and low level programming using like C and C++. And I got to like love writing C, C++ code. And outside of school, I started like writing small programs, like small games using uh, C, like a small tic-tac-toe game and so on. And that's, that's, to be honest, about it. Hey, that, that's pretty awesome. Games that start so young, I think, is a very unique experience because, uh, especially in the offensive security profession that we have, it is rare, especially for those over here in America, to be able to get that start. Getting the introductory into the field in general is, I'm not going to say difficult, but there is a very limited number of jobs. We are very niche professionals in what we do. And you being able to get out into that space, start making your own tools and becoming fairly popular uh, doing it, I think is a very amazing thing, especially at 18 years old. Uh, you know, you have a rainbow road in front of you of everything that you could possibly want to do. Uh, so that's very awesome to see. Now, can you kind of uh, talk to us about where the inspiration have it came from? You said you work with uh, Metasploit, kind of wanting to create modules for that. Uh, did you just see that you could possibly be doing something better and get an idea to create your own C2 that way? Um, so, yeah, I was like thinking about making it better rather just uh, so my main inspiration was like Metasploit, as I like, said before. I was like a huge fan of it, like how modular it is, like what of kind of capabilities it has. And I wanted to like have a project similar to it, just like for learning purpose only, so I can like get in touch with this uh, field. So I started like reading a lot of lot of source code, like from the Metasploit framework, especially like the Metapreter source code. I think I spent like hours reading C code. Uh, it's like very well documented. So I quite understood pretty much everything very well. So yeah, that's where I got my main inspiration from. That's awesome, man. Uh, so it had to have started from somewhere, right? And uh, I, I've listened to some of the other interviews that you've done, and I believed you mentioned uh, Malix in the beginning, right? Can you talk to us about that and the building process of getting that started and how that turned into Havoc? So Malix was like the first name of what's like say Havoc, like it's like the baby project of it. Malix used to be like written fully in Golang. It has like two types of payloads. One is written like in Golang, the second one is written like in C++. But I then was like not satisfied with like the project. So I started like rewrite everything from how the server is like working uh, to making like a team server core like Cobra Strike has it and split the parts into like into like client, into a user interface client and into like an agent uh, part uh, like like uh, Cobra Strike has it. So after I rewrote everything, I started it like under a new name, which you all been like familiar with, uh, called Havoc. Uh, that's quite the starting point from my journey. Nice. That's awesome, man. So you talk about where you're currently doing your studying, you're learning a lot about the low-level programming languages. You're talking about C and C++. How did you settle on the programming languages for Havoc? You talked about previous projects you worked on. You, you, you've been coding in different uh, languages. How did you settle on what you're using for Havoc today? So, like I said before, TeamServer was like written in Golang because when I started out, I uh, started also uh, learning Golang. 
So it was like a way to learn Golang and to learn like about low-level malware dev and so on. And yep. also my agents used to be like written in Golang, but what like annoyed me the most was like the size of the agent. Yep. Uh, usually it was like one megabyte for like a few commands and functionalities it had. And I was like not satisfied with it. I tried a lot of ways to like minimize it, like using UPX and other packers. And I just thought, uh, well, let me just like rewrite it into C. And it turned out pretty well. Uh, the size of, of my agents reduced to like 10% or something. Yeah. And I'm like pretty satisfied with it then. Good, man. No, that's awesome. And something else I noticed just as we were tinkering around with Havoc, you mentioned Cobalt Strike already and, and kind of how that architecture fits together. We noticed the interface for Havoc. Man, it made me reminisce of the Armitage days. So, in which, gosh, I, that probably dates me. But back in the olden days, Metasploit, there used to be a, I believe it was a, a separate project that was a graphical user interface for Metasploit. And it was called Armitage. Did you get any design cues from that? Or what made you decide uh, how to design the, the user interface for Havoc? So, um, as you like mentioned, um, Armitage, I... Also used like used this project and loved it because of like the interface alone. And, awesome! Uh, it's not yeah. just me. Somebody yeah, else it's, used it's, it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was like a project which I really loved uh, because it was like the only project I knew of which like uh, was like a GUI versions of of like the Metasploit framework, and yep. I loved using it like for fun. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. So for for those of our listeners who haven't had a chance to tinker around with Havoc. Again, super powerful framework, but also it's extremely valuable for folks that are learning post-exploitation just because sometimes having that mental diagram of what's happening in the network isn't super straightforward or doesn't come naturally to folks. So what Paul's built here with Havoc, uh, it actually draws lines of relationships uh, as you pivot your way through the network, uh, which is it's pretty cool to see. Paul, can you talk to us a little bit about what are some of the next big features? And I guess before you do that, mention to us what are the primary capabilities of Havoc right now? And then tell us a little bit about some of the things you're working on. So one of the main uh, capabilities of Havoc right now is like it being very modular. It supports like uh, Python scripting, which, for example, CoverStrike uses like its own sleep language, which I am not really a fan of. It's like the only thing which annoys me the most of uh, Cover Strike being like the scripting language. So I tried to make it like as modular as possible, using like scripts, porting your like your own uh, modules and commands to like to the Havoc framework, and even like supporting like third-party agents, which allows you to write any kind of agent in any kind of language, like Golang, C++, well even assembly if you like can and want to. The power goes like to you. You can like, do whatever you want with it, and it provides you like an interface to the like the server to like talk to the server and register like your own agent for it, which I already have seen a couple of uh, people doing it, uh, writing like their own agent in uh, C and GoLang and so on, which I'm nice. um, pretty much uh, glad of seeing. Yeah, that's super cool. <clears throat> so. I have to ask, you're talking about the agents and everything that uh, people are customizing, but you also have uh, contributed to those as well. One of those 
being more popular, being the demon uh, exe that you created. You know, creating modern malware uh, is a little more difficult now with all the advancements in EDR and AV solutions that companies are, like Rapid7 are coming out with. Can you talk about creating that, how that process works for the agent that you made and why it is so effective? So to be honest, why it is effective, I'm not sure. It wasn't like really my focus on being evasive. I've just added a few evasive features because I was like trying to like learn it, but it wasn't like my main focus. The agent, like the demon um, agent is written in C and assembly. And it has like some um, stack spoofing or like return address spoofing capabilities. Sleep obfuscation using like Austin Hudson's Foliac technique or like Echo sleep obfuscation, which I have like published. But well, I inspired it like from the Nitoxy 2 agent, which like they implemented the first. And well, that's about it, I think. Yeah, so one of the things that Demon uses is a uh, shellcode loader. Can you kind of explain what that is uh, for viewers that don't know what you're doing in order to make this effective in an environment? So the uh, shellcode loaders, like the Demon agent shellcode loaders, like position-independent code, which uh, reflectively loads the Demon agent, which is getting compiled to in a reflective loader, like a reflective DLL. That's totally fine, and... and it's awesome to see uh, because this is uh, something that you say you didn't even mean for it to be so evasive and have such a presence in uh, networks. And yet here we are and having stories come out like what Zscaler has uh, published with an article saying that nation states are actually using Havoc and, and Demon as their tool and method in order to exploit whatever it is. It has been undisclosed currently, but how does that make you feel knowing that nation states are actually buying into something like Havoc, and you are, in turn, becoming very popular from creating this tool. So, I'm going to be honest, I was like expecting it to be like abused sooner or later. But to be honest, I like hate to see it, but I can't like do really much besides um, adding like IRCs to it, which I've like planned to do to like help at least the defensive side of um, cybersecurity to make that like job easier to like detect it. Hey, remediation's a, a great thing. Uh, you know, if you're going to create the attack and also providing remediation, I, I think helps the entire community grow. Uh, absolutely. And is this something that's going to affect the development process at all, you think? Or do you have to be a little more careful and situational in what you do create? To be honest, I don't think it's going to like affect any development progress. Uh, so I'm just like currently uh, just adding or like uh, fixing bugs and making it like more stable because I'm currently focusing on making it like more stable for like operators to use like in a mature environment. And yeah. Yeah, man, it's uh, heartbreaking that you can be so passionate about something, right? Pour your heart into it. And then you certainly never expect people to use it for evil. But unfortunately, that's the nature of our industry, right? You build something, a tool uh, to use for good. And then you know, unfortunately, that's the nature of open source, right? Anybody can get their hands on it. But anyway, man, it takes people like you building awesome tools, awesome platforms for organizations to be able to test their defenses, right? For them to be able to say, hey, look, we're investing a large amount. We want to make sure that as these new platforms are being built, that we can continue to be able to detect that activity and defend against it. So, uh, I'm going to shift a little bit, Paul. I'd love to ask you, man, what advice do you have for newcomers or, you know, people who haven't used Havoc yet, but are interested in it? What would you say uh, to those people that are listening? 
So, like, when it comes like starting out with the um, Havoc framework, yeah. I would like just say, uh, just try it out. And if someone like has any questions, either follow the wiki because I try to like uh, document as much as possible. I'm still like trying to document uh, more stuff because there's still a lot of the features I haven't like documented. Yeah. But if someone has like any kind of questions. My DMs are like always open, and I uh, would like, like love to like answer any kind of questions related, like uh, using it or like detecting it. Nice, solid, man. The next one I've got for you here. Talk to me a little bit about the aspirations that you have for Havoc. So, if you have to think about, you know, what it's going to look like one year from now, or five years from now, ten years from now, like obviously, uh, <laughs> it's hard to imagine that far ahead, but. Again, maybe just start at one year. What what are what are some things that you're looking to build into it right now? So to be honest, like I said before, I'm mainly focused on fixing a lot of issues it has because in my opinion it's modular enough to like be able to like add your own features to it, uh, own modules and commands. So for now, I'm gonna like focus on just making like more stable and faster. Yeah, no, I totally understand, man. Part of building projects, right? At some uh, at some point, you got to work on stability and scalability and maturity of that platform, especially when you've built it like you have, where it's extremely modular like that. It's got to be, you know, stability is a, a big a big piece of it. Yeah, right. So, Paul, uh, wanted to ask you, man. Obviously, there's a, a pretty good bit of interest in havoc in the information security community today. Have you presented at any security conferences or do you have any plans to present at security conferences? I haven't like presented it in a security conference because I wasn't at any security conference for now. <laughs> um, well, hopefully I might visit DEF CON this year if I got like a right time. Yep. And I most likely won't uh, present it at like any security conference. But uh, to be honest, let's see if like I'm changing my mind uh, sooner or later. Yeah, no, that presentations themselves are a uh, skill in it all of its own, clearly creating a tool, uh, no matter how amazing it is, being up there on stage and having to present in front of everybody is, is something completely different. But absolutely, if that's something you want to do in the future, this is obviously a grand thing to come forward with and present at a conference. And I think a lot of people would love to see a, a talk on that if you would like to do such a thing. So one of the, the final questions that I have for you, Paul, is going to be, uh, what's next? I, I know you're building Havoc, but you're only 18 years old, right? So do you have plans to enter this industry, uh, you know, immediately walk in as a senior at 19 years old and into your 20s and start uh, running your own teams? Or, or what's next for you? <laughs> so to be honest, I'm not quite sure what I should like do next. For now, I'm like trying to at least pass school, like, like finish it. And afterwards, I'm going to think, I'm going to like take a small break and think about like what I'm sure, like doing next either joining like a red team Marvel development company or searching for a different focus different topics and so on to like learn more about and since I am like more passionate about learning new stuff and new topics for example I am like very interested in learning about more kernel level um, exploit development uh, writing UEFI bootkits uh, kernel drivers and so on Awesome to hear. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, where can everybody find you at? Tell them your GitHub, your Twitter. Uh, where, where can they look for you? So yeah, just my Twitter is like uh, C Five Spider. Uh, that's it. Paul, man, I can't tell you thank you enough for 
hopping on uh, the podcast here with me and Kyle today. It certainly has been our pleasure getting to hear from you, just learning a little bit about who you are and what you're building with the Havoc platform. We hope to check in again with you, man. We'll touch base here in six months or a year and we'll see where you're at. But uh, I just want to tell you, uh, thank you. Uh, it was like a pleasure to talk with you guys. It was fun.